Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. If your home became suddenly uninhabitable, Where would you go? Would you find the nearest haunted hotel to stay at? Or a haunted hotel a few hours away? Diana faced this very choice a few days ago and chose the latter. Let's hear about what she experienced today on Homespun Haints. Hello, Hainted Loves, Becky here. Diana had to evacuate her home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, after a mysterious storm whipped through the state and left hundreds of thousands of people without power. Being the intrepid investigator that she is, Diana decided that this was the perfect time to hole up in a haunted hotel in a small Arkansas town called Eureka Springs. We will now be broadcasting from Diana's hotel as she searches the area for ghosts. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we have Diana in the field today. This is very exciting. She is <laughs> <laughs> The quality isn't so great because she's calling in from a haunted hotel with absolutely no Wi-Fi. She is about to head to the haunted floor where she has been hearing strange activity. Are you all ready? <laughs> We're coming at you live from what state are you in, Diana? Arkansas, actually. You're in Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, at one of the most haunted hotels in the state, the Basin Park Hotel, which is actually, I believe, one of the first hotels in this area. And the Basin Park right next door, which I can see from my view right now, is actually the source of the mysterious healing spring waters that founded this town well over 100 years ago. And I can see it from... The windows up here on the sixth floor, which is the floor 
that I slept underneath. I was on the fifth floor overnight and all night long, it was quiet, quiet, quiet. First day, it was quiet up until 3 a.m. And then at 3 a.m., I heard some noises, 3.15 a.m. So I'm going to investigate what's above my room right now. And what I'm seeing (laughs) is that there's an enormous industrial ice machine right over my room. So mystery solved, uh, not a ghost. (laughs) Most likely not. It sounded like furniture moving, though, not ice. So I'm going to hang out here for a minute and see if it makes a noise. But it would only make a noise once a night. Last night, it was at 4.45. And the night before that, it was at 3.15 a.m. And it very, very, very much sounded like furniture dragging across the floor as opposed to just a clump with ice. Yeah, it wasn't a very electronic noise. And there's also a men's room, public men's room right above where I slept last night. And I don't... I bought an EMF meter, y'all, from <laughs> Amazon because it was half price. So it's probably a crappy, crappy one, but I bought it just, you know, just to see what would happen. <laughs> when we went on the tour last night, they did provide EMF meters for us. The ghost tour, which is actually, they call it a paranormal investigation mm. a tour because they do hand out EMF meters and then you get to kind of wander wander around, take photos, and they use an SLS device and all that. Oh, an SLS? Yeah, an SLS. So we we saw a bunch of strange, inexplicable Mm -hmm. stick figures all over the place. Yeah. SLS stands for Structured Light Sensor. These devices work by observing the environment using an infrared light projector, recognizing movements and shapes that look like people, and then projecting stick figure representations of what the device sees onto a screen. If you have access to one of these devices, you can have a lot of fun with it, especially when you see these stick figures having a dance party or getting laid. I think, as far as I could tell, based on what the guide said last night, just about everything here is haunted. And tell us the name of the hotel one more time. It is the Basin Park Hotel. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the hotel? Ah, the history of the hotel. So this is actually the second hotel built on this site. There was actually another hotel called the Perry House that existed on this site in the earlier 1800s. It sprung up because the healing spring waters that founded the town we're right next door. Now, the, the history of the spring is quite fascinating. It was basically discovered on accident, I suppose, by somebody who had an eye condition, a child who had an eye condition, or parent of a child with an eye condition. They came here, drank the water, and the child was miraculously cured. <laughs> and so when they started telling rumors about this miraculous spring water, people would take their horse-drawn carriages up here in these windy, windy Ozark Mountains, the wild wilderness and rocky cliffs of the Ozark Mountains to obtain the spring water that had miraculous cures. And a tent city formed in the mid-1800s that became what is now Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Okay, so that's why it's called Eureka Springs, because you fall in or you bring your eyes with it. Oh my God, I'm cured. Exactly. Eureka, I'm cured. (laughs) So tell us, have you tried the water? Have I tried the waters? No, because they have been labeled non-potable because of freaking pollution. 
yeah, that's the problem is humans, <laughs> in their <laughs> infinite wisdom, decide, hey, we're going to go ahead and build a city right here by these amazing healing spring waters so that we can create an industry around this. And as humans build up their city, people pee and poo into the <laughs> spring waters, etc. And <laughs> it ends up not being so healing, just a little bit more unhealing. So yeah, humans have since apparently fouled the springs so they are no longer drinkable and they say do not even touch the spring water <gasps> i don't know if that's for my safety or if that's for the safety of the springs and what's left of its oh, cleanliness but i'm sure there are people who are brave enough to drink it i mean you know what's a little dysentery with a side of healing you may not get to oregon but you'll get feeling better real quick <laughs> I have been vaccinated for typhoid fever, so I bet I could handle it. Hey, that's that's one thing. There cholera, we go. Cholera, okay. though, cholera um, scares the hell out of me. I, I don't I, think there's a vaccine for cholera. No, there I isn't. think you just have to not drink poopy water. I actually had a coworker at my first job who got cholera. That's she went, nuts. Yeah, talk about a stereotype. She went to France, had a vacation okay. with her husband. And okay. all, all we heard when she came back was, oh, yeah, she got really, really sick. She's going to be out for a while. And I was uh. like, what did she catch? Like, she was in Europe. It's not like she sailed down the Ebola River or something. And <laughs> she... <laughs> that there is such a thing. That's where the name comes from. She, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> There's an Ebola oh, River. Interesting. <laughs> so she returns a month later and she's just barely moving like she's just hunched over and shuffling from place to place she looks like death and this is after a month of recovery and I went to her and I was like what the hell did you have she goes like cholera like she could barely even get it out Ah. she was still so and I was like what are you doing back she's like I'm so much better I was like, I know people still got that. Apparently, she ate some bad shrimp. <laughs> you probably would catch it. I mean, cholera you catch from drinking poo. Maybe so, that the shrimp was that, soaked in poo. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was just washed in dirty water and yeah. she ate it cold or something without it yeah. being heated properly. I don't know. That sounds risque. But yeah, don't catch cholera, folks. It's bad. Drinking non-potable water is a risky proposition, no matter what country you're in. Common waterborne diseases include typhoid fever, dysentery, cholera, giardia, otherwise known as beaver fever, E. coli infections, hepatitis A, and salmonella. Breathing contaminated water droplets, like from an air conditioning unit, can cause this awful disease called Legionnaire's disease. We recently had an outbreak of Legionnaires here in Atlanta. Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head. Image. Instead of going, 
my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that too. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here. So we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. <gasps> it's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! Let's see, do I know anything else about this hotel? I know that in the mid-20th century, it was abandoned for a little while, stood empty for about 18 months at one point. This town had completely lost its tourism right around the mid-20th century. And nobody was coming to Eureka Springs anymore because nobody believed in healing spring water anymore. It was the 1950s or so. And this town was just going to go under, like all the businesses that had sprung up here because of the healing spring water. Last time I was here, we mentioned and we took the ghost tour at, and you can find that on our website if you search for the Crescent Hotel, which is the sister hotel of the basin that I'm staying at now. But up at the top of the hill, that's where the Baker Hospital, the cancer hospital, was at the time. Alleged uh, hospital. the insane practices that went on there are just coming to light since the 20 teens. But down here is a little different. It was a little more focused on the tourist trade by mid-century. And they really had nothing. They had nothing going. It was closing. It was awful. Everybody was suffering. Everybody was shuttering their businesses. This hotel was empty. So they decided to pull a stunt. And the stunt that they pulled, can you guess what stunt mid-century America, Arkansas, small mountain town hotel decided to pull in order to drum up business? Uh, A fallout shelter? Fallout shelter. That's a good one. No, no, it wasn't a fallout shelter. Uh, Although you'd probably be pretty safe from a major attack here (laughs) out in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Was it ghost tourism? I just don't see that in the 50s. No, that's fairly recent. They actually tried to cover up the hauntings at this hotel until just the most recent owners. So yeah, the ghost tourism is a new thing here. Uh, And if you go to the current website of the Basin Park Hotel, you'll find that it mentions nothing about being haunted. That's actually a completely separate website if you actually search for the Haunted Basin Hotel. So you'll have to search for both and compare. Okay. But the stunt that they pulled, they purchased... Elvis Presley's Lincoln hot rod or whatever it was, <laughs> some kind of fancy Lincoln car, automobile. They had it shipped here and they hoisted it up to the sixth floor on a rig and they put it inside the window. Of this the hotel floor. that you're on right now. Of this hotel, mm-hmm, the floor right above where I am right now. You can still see where the floor, the wood floor sags. After storing that Lincoln for quite a while. Probably weighed a few tons. (laughs) Probably. They just put a car up there and they're like, look, come see Elvis Presley's car. And so they put it on the billboards by the street, which, you know, wasn't exactly a highway at the time, I guess. But Uh on the highway side of the highway, they had photographs on the billboards of them hoisting that car up six stories and (laughs) 
stuffing it in a window, come see Elvis Presley's car. And so that was the stunt that reinvigorated the business at the Basin Park Hotel. And that's why it survived, thanks to Elvis Presley's car, apparently. I love that. That is a great idea. (laughs) That car is still in existence. It's no longer in Eureka Springs, though, because the floor was not going to be able to tolerate it much longer based on the way it looks now. They have since transported that car to Graceland. Oh, um, so okay. it is something you can still you can still observe the car. You just can't observe it in Eureka Springs. But fortunately for the town of Eureka Springs, their tourism recovered and was booming by the 1980s. This became a artist town over time, oh. and it's now known for local arts and artisan products. The cool. people who live here are just the kind of small town hippies you'd expect. They are very independent fiercely historical preservation type people who really value the actual history of the town of Eureka Springs and the the value of its nature and natural beauty. Of course, people range all over the map from liberal to conservative, but the the general consensus is that historical preservation is key and the arts should be the main commerce draw for tourists. Aww. Sounds like a really fun place to visit. We did record a Patreon and premium episode about how to stay in a haunted hotel and what to do if you encounter a ghost. So if you are a member of our Patreon that went out last week, please make sure you go check it out. And if you are not a member of our Patreon, enjoy this commercial. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. So Diana, tell everybody why you're there. Cause you didn't just out of the blue decide, uh, Hey, I'm going to go stay in a haunted hotel this week and record <laughs> on my iPhone. <laughs> you have a reason that has nothing to do with ghosts. Tell us what happened. I have a very non-paranormal reason for being here. Well, it's, it's paranormal, but it's not supernatural. What so is it? The, the reason I'm here, the reason <laughs> I'm here is be. because Tulsa had a category two storm last Saturday. Category so, two as in a hurricane, but without the ocean. You can't call it a hurricane because it didn't form over water. And yet we had circular, multi-directional and lateral. And as far as I'm concerned, we probably had some microbursts, whether they're reporting it or not. I, they did a 
horrible job reporting this in the moment because it was midnight on Father's Day on Sunday. Uh And so everybody was like, we'll cover this on Monday. Good night. So we didn't find any news on it until Monday, really. Our power has been out since the storm. The power went out during the storm and still is not on and was projected to be turned on a whole week later because the entire city, over 200,000 homes were without power all week. And so they've been gradually, gradually restoring it with the very fortunate help of our out-of-state neighbor electricians who have come in. Uh It's a great day to be an arborist in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a lot (laughs) of work there right now. If you've got an arborist business that's not going so well in your state, head on down to Tulsa. You'll get work in an instant. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a whole lot of trees down, a whole lot of trees on power lines. So if you're an electrician, same bag. But yeah, we still don't have power. And it is 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. So we we head up to the mountains when things like this happen. Fortunately, very fortunately for us, our house and car were not damaged by all the falling trees. So I was really surprised. So I wake up Father's Day morning to a text from Diana saying, so we got hit by a hurricane last night. And I immediately went on all of the national news sources to find out more about it. And I couldn't find anything. There There was very little coverage. There was, yes, there is. So if you are listening to this and you had no idea that the Midwest basically got hit by the hurricane or a hurricane-like storm, you're not alone. I've talked to people up in New England, had no idea. I've talked to people on the West Coast that had no idea. I found one tiny little article. I can't even remember what news source was that said Midwest without power. No mention of Mm -hmm. Tulsa. I found one YouTube video of what happened, but it had not for broadcast written across the top of it. On that video, it looked fierce. It was terrifying. Fierce. The winds, it felt like we were on the inside of a tornado like Dorothy and that our house was up in the air. It was pitch black outside. All I could see were leaves whipping by the house at not getting literally 100 miles per hour. There was a yeah. 100 mile per hour wind outside my house so, circling around, not just weathering, but screaming, uh-huh. uh, literal screams due to the wind speed. And for those of you that are saying, oh, this is just a tornado. Imagine a tornado with a 200 mile wide path. That's not a <laughs> that tornado. Lasts. That yeah, lasts. It, it doesn't just a tornado kind of almost strikes like lightning almost. Uh-huh, it's yeah. like a lightning that, that scooches along the ground, but it'll touch down in various places and just kind of strike a house into the mm-hmm. ground, like like Dorothy. God smiting <laughs> this particular house right here. Tulsa just had this 100 mile per hour wind sustained at least 90 mile an hour wind sustained for about an hour oh my gosh. Um, at midnight. And of course, uh, you know, I couldn't get good footage of it for you guys. I'm sorry. I know everything's content, but I tried and all I could get was just blackness and screaming on my phone. So there's no good video of this because I had no light. Right. Well, and I wasn't going outside. Did I you opened guys... the door, the door would be gone. Right. Did you spend most of the evening in your haunted basement then? I did. Yes. That's exactly where I had when storms like this hit. I gathered water, gathered the dog, and went down into the haunted basement and told the ghost, well, you might have company soon. Oh, I'm so glad you did not end up permanently down there. Yeah, no kidding. If the house is destroyed, that's where I'm stuck. 
(laughs) Terrifying, terrifying. Well, you've had quite an eventful weekend and week, and thankfully you have been able to escape from your haunted basement to your haunted hotel. There's a theme here. We do love our haunted spaces. However, these days it's rather difficult to find a hotel to stay at that's not haunted. Diana and I have our theories as to why that is. While you're there, Diana, I thought it would be great if we shared with our lovely audience some facts about haunted hotels since you are there. What do you think? I'd love to hear some and I can corroborate or deny based on my experiences right here. Cool. Cool. Well, the first question I would like to ask is why are hotels haunted? Because every state has haunted hotels. And even if the hotel tries to not tell you that it's haunted, you might end up staying in a haunted hotel. So there are multiple reasons why your hotel may be haunted, even if it's not advertised as such. We talk multiple times on the show about the concept of liminal spaces, spaces that are in transition. Ghosts are in transition, whether or not they really want to be, they are in a transitive space between living and moving on to whatever the next plane is. And they Mm -hmm. tend to migrate to places that are also kind of in that in-between space, liminal spaces, such as hallways, bathrooms, doorways, and hotels. Because when you think That's true. Nobody lives in a hotel. Everybody comes and goes. Sometimes people do live in hotels. That's not as common practice now. Mm -hmm. We do hear a lot of stories of hauntings from extended stay hotels and, and things of that nature too. But even if you live there, your neighbors may not. So it is a place of transition. And a lot of times people will live in a hotel because their other abode They couldn't pay the mortgage or their spouse kicked them out or something like that. Then also it's a place where there's just been a lot of different people and energies over the years. And a lot of people die in hotels. You don't hear about it, but Diana, you've worked in a hotel. You know how gross they can be. They can be. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. You you don't know. People die in hotels. They do. And they're not going to tell you about it. As far as the tour guide knows, nobody has died in the Basin Park Hotel that has been publicly mentioned. However, apparently we aren't really sure about what happened at the Perry House before the Basin Park. Exactly. Yeah. It's also just all the peoples and energies and things that have been through. It's a statistical thing. When you think about your house, even a historic house may have only had four or five owners, but a hotel you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that have come in over through the years. Mm -hmm. A lot of older hotels weren't always hotels. We've had a lot of violent things happening in our history here in the U S and in in other countries. I mean, history is just violent. And a lot of times when there's a war, a hotel ends up being used as a hospital or sometimes even a morgue. When things get tough, they might be boarding houses for ne'er-do-wells or people that may be down on their luck. (laughs) During the 20s, a lot of hotels had speakeasies in them, at least here in the U.S. And as we know, there's a lot of crime that happens with organized crime. This hotel was shut down for having illegal gambling and liquor mixed drinks at one point in the history. 
And also those cute little bed and breakfasts that you like to stay at may have been homes once upon a time. There could be some interesting history that happened there. And then thirdly, or fourthly, I guess, why are hotels haunted? Well, if you think everything might be haunted, you're most vulnerable when you're sleeping. You're most vulnerable to paranormal activity when you're sleeping, right? Or when you're uh, so in you that. You may not notice a ghost at a restaurant as much mm-hmm. as you notice a ghost at a hotel just because you don't spend the night at the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you've really had one too many and they don't notice that you passed out on the table <laughs> and they shut out the lights. But yeah, you spend the night there at a hotel. So this is why you may not see a ghost on a ghost tour of a hotel, <laughs> but if you stay the night and you are going to be most vulnerable to these hauntings when you're asleep or when you're almost asleep, again, that liminal space between sleeping and waking. So here's some things to look out for. For us, Diana, you and me, what would you say have been your, like, where have you encountered the most activity for haunted hotels. Have you had haunted hotel experiences personally? I've never had an actual haunted experience at a hotel that I have noticed. I mean, the strange noises coming from above my room tonight were the first time I've ever had any actual recorded evidence Mm -hmm. uh, of any sort of haunting within a hotel. I've stayed at many hotels that have been haunted. I've done ghost tours and visited many hotels that are supposedly haunted but I've never actually encountered a ghost except for there is one hotel, a very small B&B in Crested Butte, Colorado, where Mm -hmm. we stayed in 2018, where we stayed in a, I believe we stayed in the room where a young woman jumped to her, to her doom from the second story or third story window. wasn't a very big B&B. But anyway, we woke up in the middle of the night with the dog sitting at the foot of the bed, staring at a spot at the foot of the bed. And I did see some sort of something there. I don't want to call it an apparition, but it was definitely, it was kind of like a shadow uh, that the dog was staring at. And apparently this is where she had discovered her lover with somebody else standing at the foot of the bed and then took her own life according to legend. So that could have been an experience. Also last night I did walk into an area that was called, they they have an area called the spooky door (laughs) up on the, (laughs) up, up on the first floor of this hotel, because apparently when people take photographs through this little window from one area of the back of house kitchen to another area, they tend to get a lot of images of apparitions on their photographs. And so when I was standing there, I did feel a very sudden chill. And I turned around to ask the person behind me, were you touching my neck? And there was nobody. Because there there was definitely something touching my neck last (gasps) night on that that investigation. And I was all over goosebumps until we left that area. And then I was fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little bit supernatural. I don't know. It wasn't an allegedly very haunted location where people tend to get photographs of apparitions. However, there is really no part of this hotel where people don't get photographs of apparitions. Oh. And the number one thing that they see is cowboys. 
So to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of tall, skinny guys with big bucket hats on. And finally, after about the tenth, oh, there's a cowboy here. Somebody's got a photo of a cowboy here. I said, why so many cowboys? And they they just stared at me and they said, it was the eighteen hundreds in Arkansas. Everybody was a cowboy. <laughs> yep, plenty of cowboys. However, the second most common apparition they get in this hotel is children. Oh, that's mm, creepy. Mm-hmm. There's a child up on the sixth floor. We actually did get some EMF readings at child height in some specific areas that were moving with our party last night. Oh. Um, and we had a, a trigger porcelain doll set up and a REM pod, which did not go off. But we did get a lot of sudden unexplained EMF detection while we were calling her because she's apparently a three-year-old girl who stays at the hotel and her name is Elizabeth. But as we were calling to Elizabeth and set up the doll, we got sudden activity on the EMF meters as we moved around. It would move with us. So Mm. interesting that. Yeah, definitely. You just corroborated something that I actually had written in my notes, which is all of my haunted hotel experiences with one exception, have been bed and breakfasts. I did have an experience at the Reed House, which is a very historic boutique hotel like the Basin Park where you're at, Diana. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the other experiences I've had, the Eliza Thompson House in Savannah, I had an experience, the Ballyloch House in Northern Ireland, (laughs) a lot of experiences there, and Mm -hmm. the bed and breakfast in Hendersonville, North Carolina, where my son saw the hanging woman from the ceiling. That was episode one. If you guys are curious about that, that was pretty creepy. All of those were bed and breakfasts. I'm going to posit a theory here. Why is this happening? You know, why do you not get these hauntings at your run of the mill Marriott? I think it's because, (laughs) (laughs) well, first of all, bed and breakfasts and these historic boutique hotels tend to focus on keeping a lot of the historic elements to them. Mm -hmm. So they're probably retaining objects that were original to the place. And because the atmosphere is similar to how it would have been at the time of death of the person haunting the place, perhaps the ghosts just feel more comfortable there. They are maybe less likely to realize they're dead or may feel more like they belong there. I don't know. What do you think, Diana? I think a lot more corporate hotels are newer construction as opposed to these smaller, more historic hotels may have just had more time for human beings to come and go. But also, I mean, there was definitely a time in history when people tended to die of communicable diseases much, much, much more (laughs) frequently than they do today. And so if you built your hotel in the the 1970s, you wouldn't necessarily have had anybody pass away on the property while it was a hotel. Whereas if you built your hotel in the 1870s, you were a lot more likely to have somebody pass away in your hotel, I'm guessing. Definitely. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really, I mean, with the exception of this recent pandemic, we I was about to be like, we don't really have problems with diseases like we used to. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, well, people weren't, people don't live in hotels nearly as much and, and travel that shut too. down a lot during the pandemic, whereas the previous pandemics may not have necessarily shut down the type of activity that people would. Yeah. That corn's got to get sowed, whether or not I got typhoid. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So just to posit some questions, Becky, what do you think there's more of in the entire world? Haunted hotels or haunted houses? Oh, oh, well, gosh, that you know what? I bet they even themselves out because there's more houses than hotels, right? But there's more rooms and hotels than there are in houses. So I think mm-hmm. it's probably an equal number. Mm. I think there's a lot more haunted houses. But here's the thing. You can't go to them. Ah. If I have a haunted house, I'm not going to tell the general public, hey, come stay at my haunted house because <laughs> it's, not, it's not for public consumption. It's my private abode. I think that the reason we hear about haunted hotels so much more is, number one, you can go there. And so there's a reason for people to share that information. Mm. And number two, if you've got a private house, you're relying on the testimony and witness of a single family who may not be sensitive, who may not want to talk about it, who may be in denial, or who may just never get the word out that the house is haunted. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the hotel, you're going to have thousands of people coming and going every year, a lot more chances that somebody might pick up on the energy and a lot more chances that somebody might start a conversation about it, which would eventually reach the ears of the general public. So my theory is that there aren't more haunted hotels than haunted houses. However, you're going to hear more about haunted hotels. I think that makes complete sense. That really makes sense, Diana. I want to close this out with one thing that I have noticed, and I wonder if this is the same for you, Diana. I have noticed that hauntings feel different, haunted hotels feel different in different parts of the world. It's, yeah, it's like almost... I don't know how to describe it. The hauntings that I have experienced, especially in bed and breakfast, have been in the South here and then in Europe. And I okay. have found that the European ones, which tend to be older, just have a they have a different feel to them. It's a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. I associate colors with the hauntings. That's not surprising with your synesthesia. This is not going to make any sense to anybody but me, but the hauntings in Europe... <laughs> feel more blue and moldier. (laughs) Like it just feels, I'm not talking about Roman time civilization that has a different feel to it, but I'm talking about like medieval feeling and like Renaissance era. It just feels moldier. (laughs) Well, do you think that's because the buildings themselves are older or do you think that's because they don't have air conditioning? No, 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 no. This is, this is, it's not that it's definitely cool enough. It's not a smell. It's just a feeling. It's a feeling in the air. Hmm. It's a heaviness that I feel on my chest, but it's not, it doesn't feel sinister, but it feels very present. And the hauntings that I've had in the South feel they're yellow and orange. (laughs) the southern u.s they can be just as dark and just as spooky let's put it that way but they just tend to have a a different feel to them and it's the same thing too even in other parts of the states in like chicago or new york i don't know if it's a time period or a culture thing that i'm sensing but the ghosts just feel different 
I'm wondering if anybody else has had this experience. This is just yeah. Let us let us know if if you've had this kind of haunted hotel experience being different in different regions of the country and different parts of the world. Because that's an interesting thing that I've never heard mentioned before. I mean, my initial knee jerk thought is that different cultures have different responses to the concept of ghosts in general Mm -hmm. and you're going to get perhaps a more sinister feeling from places where ghosts are a little bit more taboo Mm -hmm. um, or perhaps a little warmer of a feeling in places where ghosts are considered to be kind of part of normal day-to-day life. Yeah, it's different colors. I don't know any other way to describe it. Maybe it's a familiarity. Maybe it's because I grew up with the ghosts around here and Mm. they just feel more like a part of my life. And then when I go overseas, those ghosts have just a completely different worldview than me, different culture. And so maybe they just feel different. I don't know. I don't know. Connect with you unconsciously. Yeah, I'm going to go visit some ghosts in Latin America in September. (laughs) So I'll let you know if that's any different. Yeah, forward to that. Okay. One last comment I want to make about this hotel is residual haunting energy. This hotel particularly was actually built into the side of a rocky sedimentary mountain. Oh my God. The Ozarks are some of the oldest mountains in the United States. So this is a very, very old sedimentary rock and it's been cut away to create a space for this hotel. So in other words, This all used to be sedimentary rock where we're sitting right now, and it's been cut away. And the actual back wall of the hotel is the mountain. There used to be no back wall to the hotel, not made out of plaster or bricks or anything. The wall was the side of the mountain. And still today, if you go down into the new age speakeasy that they've created that you can get to through a secret passageway from the first floor down down a, a ladder, <laughs> <laughs> which we got to go into last night. I got to climb down the ladder. Amber was too chicken into the speakeasy. There, you can still see where the side of the mountain is, and the reason they built a wall in front of it is because water trickles down the side of the mountain constantly, and so they had to build a little basin to kind of collect the water mm. as it trickled down the back wall of the hotel. So the fact that we are currently sitting in an area that used to be inside a mountain ancient sedimentary rock that has to have stored some information from history and just the amazing history that's gone on here with the healing waters in the spring right next door coming out of that same mountain that this hotel has been carved out of really makes me think that a lot of the energy from the original settlers has been recorded in that rock and is potentially merely replaying itself because people report intelligent hauntings, but people also just report a lot of sightings of, well, to be honest, cowboys. (laughs) The Ozarks are really fucking old. Let's just put it that way. They're 300 to 485 million years old. They're older than us. They're older than you. They're older than this hotel right here. Some of the Ozarks date back almost a half a billion years. So similar to the Appalachians. That's before the dinosaurs, folks. (laughs) You will not find dinosaur skeletons in there. Life had been around for a while on Earth by the time these mountains were. Yeah, okay. But it wasn't. You will find fossils potentially inside the mountain, but not large reptile fossils. 
Right. You're going to find like little trilobites and things like that because it was sedimentary rock and sedimentary rock means it's from the ocean, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I guess so so if, from- I guess, I don't know. I'm not a geologist. I just pretended to be one in high school and on our latest premium episode where I talked about crystals, but they're old. They're really old. They predate any of the animals that you were fond of as a kid. And I'm just going to postulate here that something about taking something that old and that set in its ways and then carving into it has got to be disruptive. I bet that's going to do something. Like you said, some kind of method of storing the energy, or I'm sure that those mountains were like, what, what kind of like when you cut into flesh you're like, what? And then everything that's around you, all the bacteria and everything gets absorbed into that wound. It was probably the same for these mountains because the healing ex- waters get absorbed yeah. into it. Healing yeah. waters heal the mountain as it's cut away. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like this. This would make a lot of sense if I weren't just making it up out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say there's something to it. That's a really good point. The fact that it's this rock and rock does have memory. Do you know what kind of rock it is? Is it limestone? It's got limestone and quartz in it, some shale, and just a a ton of varied sedimentary rock. Looking at the bands of rock, because you can see where it's been cut away to form the back wall of the hotel, you can see bands of sedimentary rock. So there's, there's different types of minerals within that rock. The striations, that's an archaeological word. Striations, lots, lots of striations, lots <laughs> yeah. of strata. Yes, you're absolutely um, right. But- They're mostly limestone and dolomite. And then, of course, they have mm. some other things in there as well. Like you said, sediment. So all these different rocks came together. But a lot of paranormal investigators will say that limestone is a great conduit for paranormal activity. And mm-hmm. you're going to find quartz. Where you find limestone, you find quartz. There's a lot of mining that goes on in the Ozarks just because it's so rich with so many minerals. So if you ascribe to the idea that crystals and limestone can hold energy and you've got a hotel literally in the living rock, I don't know if it's living or not, but in the rock, then yes, (laughs) that's going to enhance some paranormal activity for you. Well, Diana... Thank you so much for talking to me and being on the scene here live from Arkansas. (laughs) I've got my EMF detector running this whole time so far. No major fluctuations, but I'll let you know if anything pops up before I leave tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Well, the ghosts are shy. They don't want to be on camera. I will include the sound that I recorded at 4.45 a.m. last night. You can let me know if you hear anything that sounds like an industrial ice machine or if it could potentially be supernatural. (laughs) The sound Diana is describing will be available to listen to on our YouTube channel, posted on the evening of June 26th, 2023. So go check that out and let us know if you think it's a ghost or if it's just a very, very angry ice machine. Will you have a chance to stay at the Haunted Basin Park Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas? Let us know if you stay here or if you stayed here. Make sure you take plenty of photos on every floor as every floor is haunted. However, If you want the most haunted experience, make sure that you stay on the third floor of the Basin Park, which is the most active 
floor with the most ghosts on it. And when you stay here, you'll have a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kielimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kielimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Let me give you a big Labor Day surprise. Most people think if we all exercise the same and eat the same, we'd all look the same. And let me tell you why that's wrong. Your body is unique and your metabolism is unique. I'm Lacey Green, and I'm a super trainer at Body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And you can't see me, but I don't look like your average personal trainer. I'm curvy, and I'm proud of it. So I created a program for beginners only on the Body app to show people like us how to get incredible results and be our version of happy and healthy. This isn't just workout videos. It's people like you and me. It's community. It's incredible trainers. It's easy to follow nutrition and mindset experts to help you reduce stress and just feel better. And you can get started with my new program called For Beginners Only. Now, here's the big surprise. If you go to body.com right now, that's B-O-D-I.com, not only can you get everything Body has to offer at 50% off with an annual membership, you'll also get an additional 20% off, but only during Labor Day weekend. Let's do this together. Go to body.com. That's body with an I.com.